Amen. Amen. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to jump through a lot of slides really quickly here. Um, I want to get through the shield of faith to continue on. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to drag this out. I know this is the 14th week. I'm really not. But there's so much in there in the Word of God. Can I get an amen? And so we're in the 14th week in the second part of the shield of faith. And I want to talk to you about taking care of your shield. Taking care of your shield. That's what I'm going to talk about. And it's just two points in that, even though I have a few slides here. And so Ephesians Ephesians 6, 16, above all. Somebody shout above all. And we talked about that means in front of all. Not more important, but the shield should be in front. Amen? Your shield of faith, your faith should be out front. You shouldn't have it behind you like, so are you a Christian? Well, I don't, you know. You're not ashamed of being a Christian. Can I get an amen? And that's even for young people. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Taking, we talked about that. Uh, to take actually means to take up the shield which means that times we can lay our faith shield down and it needs to be picked back up. <clears throat> Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We're gonna get into that in a moment. Our shield of faith. And so we talked about God has given enough uh, 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 faith to each and every one of us without getting into all of that. We talked about the measure of faith, what you do with your measure, or the question is, what are you doing with the measure God has given you? Say la. Pause and think about that. Well, no, they have more faith. You know, no, you have a measure. You have a seed. Hey, I remember the seeds I held up a few weeks ago. I planted them. You should post them. This, this big, my beans, just in a little bucket. <clears throat> so I planted and activated those dry seeds, and now they're growing. And it's the same thing with our faith. It's the same thing with our faith. How many with me say amen? So there's an active part. And so very quickly, a shield of faith... There was, there was a number of shields, but primarily there was two types of shields that the Roman soldiers used. Uh, one was in like public ceremonies, and, and, and then one was actually in battle. And so the first one, they call it the pharma. Uh, the, uh, it's P-H-A-R-M-A, that shield, the Roman shield. And um, it was smaller round. Uh, it was typically 36 inches across or less. Some of the materials that it was made of was either iron wood. Some of them are made of wood and wrapped with leather. And so it was a, more of a smaller shield. It wasn't one that they would take out into battle. And then the second uh, one was the Roman legionnaire shield, uh, the scutum, uh, that they call it, uh, the scuta shield. And actually, this is the one that Paul, how many know the Greek language was very specific? And so they knew the other shield, the Greek word for it, but this is the shield Paul uses for our shield of faith. Now, this is a larger shield, all right? Uh, a little bit of background about the scuta shield, a well-known type of Roman shield. These large shields were usually either rectangular or oval in shape, <clears throat> having a concave curve in them that provided foot soldiers with excellent protection. Uh, so their size and shape allowed the soldiers to protect their entire bodies from enemy attack. So you need to grab a hold of that. Your entire body being protected from the enemy's attack. And so it allowed legions to form the well-known, what they call the testudo or the turtus, or the tor like the turtle formation. And uh, this little picture I pulled on that is the, the turtus formation. And so the soldiers would gather close together, align their shields in front of them and over their heads, protecting them uh, for assaults, attacks, and projectiles. But it says 
This restricted arm movements and made it difficult to counterattack. And I just throw in a little note there for, for us today when I think about the local church and I think about attack. How many have ever felt they've been under attack lately? You know what? That's where the local church comes into play to help when you feel all alone out there and these fiery arrows come. When the church comes together, you could be in the middle somewhere there and you will be protected. You'll be watched over. Uh, that's a, just a beautiful, I think, picture of the shield. And so the, the Holy Spirit is very careful to, to, to make note that this is the shield. He's talking about this larger shield. And so, so an interesting fact, the shield was made of multiple layers of leather woven together. Leather woven together, and, and it was extremely tough. It was durable, um, and they could take... Uh, they could take care of these fiery darts of the enemy if they took care of their shields. Let's say that again. If they took care of their shields. So uh, just let me just touch on very quickly here some maintenance of the shield of faith. The first thing that the soldier would do in the morning when he would get up, he was grab a little vial of oil because they were, a lot of them were made of leather. And so how many of you know that, that leather, if you don't put an ointment on it, and we're not talking petroleum oil, we're talking like olive oil and those type of uh, fragrant oils they were used, that how many of you know it can get brittle? It can get brittle, it can dry out. And so they knew that. And so they knew how to care for their shields. So in order to keep their shields in good shape, the soldiers were given a, a daily schedule. Someone say a daily schedule. I know, some of you people that are real tenacious and like organized things love daily schedules. Some of you hate them. <laughs> and those of you will know who I'm talking about here in a minute. Daily schedule, to maintain excellent condition of their shields. Daily schedules, daily schedules. You know, you've heard this before in leadership, the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. Amen? Well, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to become, what do you do in daily to get you to that place? Amen, Pastor Mike. What are you doing daily? It's not just going to magically happen in the future. I want to lose 40 pounds in weight. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, so, so it's a daily. It's the little things. And so the future, would you want to see that future? You know, at 56 years old, I made decisions when I was 16 that I'm living the fruit of that today. At 16 years old, 15 years old. At 15 years old, when I had an encounter with Christ and I was filled with the Holy Spirit and, 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 and just God just apprehended my life, I, I said, you know what? I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to endeavor to do that every day of my life. Did I miss days? Absolutely. Were there times that happened that I, uh, I deliberately was upset with God and mad at God and walked away, you know, just upset? Yeah, I did. But you know what? I came back. I fell, but I fell forward. Amen. And I gained six foot one inch. Six foot one half. They just measured me at the VA. <clears throat> I want to be truthful here. <laughs> the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. You will never change your life until you change something you do daily. You do daily. Amen? You know, in the Marine Corps, we had daily duties, especially in boot camp, things we had to do. Wake up 4.30 in the morning, and they would, you know, you, you have to run to the squad bay, uh, to the head and go to the bathroom quick, come back. And the, I mean, you're still in your... <laughs> You're still in your underwear and your T-shirt, and you're standing there with a brush. 
there was a scrub brush, and they would say, scrub brush is online, and every all 80 guys would be standing there like this, scrub brush is online, and then you'd start in the back of the squaw bay and get on the ground, go push everything in the middle, and some recruit would come down, and every day we had these daily routines and things, and one of the things we focused on a lot was cleaning our rifles, making sure they were oiled and that they were taken care of, and, and there was, and then when we had Major commanding general, and this is in boot camp, inspections, the drill instructor, he was pretty smart. I still remember his name. Anyone that goes to boot camp remembers their senior drill instructor because they're scared to live in daylights out of them. And Staff Sergeant Asino, and he said, take all the rifles and bring them into the shower. I'm like, what? You're going to make them rust? And he got all that. We, we cleaned them in there, and then we came right back, dried them off, oiled them up, and, and we had immaculate rifles for some reason. He knew to do that. But we had these routines we had to do. And then, and then when we got out, and we were, they called them the FMF, the Fleet Marine Force, uh, it, I was pretty frustrated because we had daily things we had to do, but it's like, what are we doing this for? And so I was in the combat arms, field artillery, and so I would, uh, we, you know, go down to the motor pool every single day. And in that, they would do, it was kind of this, you know, the Dunkin' Donuts guy. I got to make the donuts, you know, wipe the grease off, put the new grease on, and then lay the tools out. And I was just so frustrated. It's just like, what is going on? It was this thing of like, hurry up and wait, go into formation, you know, for what, you know? And then all of a sudden, Marcos, president of the Philippines, was going up for election and there was unrest. And orders came down to our company platoon. They needed artillery battalion and company to go. And they said, you guys are being sent to Subic Bay. Everything became surreal in that moment. Everything. Guys started crying. I'm like, what did you join the Marines for? You know, what, what, why are you here? I'm like, we can do the stuff now. And they're sending us into the Subic Bay in the Philippines. And so we flew in there and, and went there for months and lived just, you know, I loved it. It was great. I was water skiing. My mom was calling, crying. It was a full-blown war going on. I'm like, hey, we're good to go. We're ready, but we're locked and loaded. And, and, and it was at that time where you did all this preparation, hear me, maintenance, but it came to fruition in that moment. How many hear what I'm trying to say? Amen? And so, uh, uh, you know, sad, it's very sad, but some Christians are very passive with their faith shield. They're just too busy. Life's just, amen, just too busy. Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to get around to it. I got a lot going on today. You know, I got a lot going on this week, you know, whatever. Oh, that's right. You know, pastor talks about it again. You know. Our shields need to be maintained. Your shield needs to be maintained. And there's an application of oil. You know, life consists of a string of decisions. Isn't that right? And one of the things is we don't want to be procrastinators. You know, now, so as a staff, we're going through all these, we do these assessments. Now we're in the working genius assessment. And so my working genius is discernment and tenacity. So that's why you're going to hear that come out of me when I preach. Follow through. Be tenacious. Don't quit. That's part of me. There's others that have working genius that don't have that. Here's the thing. If you don't have tenacity, hire someone that does. They get it done because you won't. <laughs> But you have a genius. There's something brilliant about you that you're really good at. And so so uh, someone once said that I am the one that I've been waiting for. Uh, amen. Right? <laughs> you know? So bad gets worse when you try to ignore it. So especially that red light that's on the dash of your car that's been blinking for a long time. Don't just put a piece of black tape over that. So here's the thing. It didn't take all day 
and all of their time to clean the shields. I grew up in a time with <clears throat> uh, Dr. Paul Young E. Cho, and uh, a lot was going on in the body of Christ about could you not tarry one hour? And, and you know what? I don't keep a timer like, click, this is God's time, and all right, it's up, ding, and I'm done. I just, I study, I read, I worship, and when I feel full, and I move on. Right? That's different for everybody, okay? But do you even have that is the question you need to ask yourself. Do you have, what do you have is a routine of seeking the Lord. I don't mean this legalistically. I mean this in a life-giving way that, that you're going to see in a moment that if you don't maintain your shield, that's a very, very dangerous situation. How many with me say amen? And so, so the, you, know, you don't have to wake up at three in the morning, the Dr. Paul Young, Cho thing, you know, three, you know, three hours, you know, and then you're exhausted. No, 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 no. Whatever your time is, maybe you're a night owl. It's up to you. Whatever it is, have some routine. So after saturating a piece of cloth with oil, so this soldier would begin to rub and rub heavy ointment of oil into the leather, and, and it, so it would become soft. Watch this. Supple, limber, elastic, flexible. Now here's the thing. If he ignored those daily applications of oil, he let his shield go. You know, it could go for a while, but all of a sudden it's, 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 he's inviting certain death on the battlefield. Why is that? Because this shield was made, made of leather and, and wood, and, and, and the obvious is it, it can become hard, stiff, brittle. How many of you know sin causes our hearts to grow hard? Isn't that right? Yes, it does. Especially unrepentant sin. Now, we're all going to stumble, we're going to fall, but it's just walking in this where we deviate and walk away. We don't repent. We don't ask God to cleanse us. But pastor, I keep coming back to the Lord and I keep repenting over the same thing. Keep doing it. Keep repenting. Keep drawing near. What's going to happen is you're going to recognize, come to a place that God's going to begin to free you of those things and you're going to do them less and less. Can I get an amen? It's God's work of sanctification. That sometimes is a curse word in the body of Christ today, but that's a good word. Amen? Say it. Say Sanctification. Here's another one that's not a curse word. Ready? Holiness. Yeah, we want to hear about prosperity and blessing and outpouring, but those words are also important too. Amen? How many still love me this morning? <clears throat> so we don't want our, 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 our shields to, to become hardened and stiff. And so this was a dangerous thing because uh, the soldier knew that if he wanted to live in battle and come back alive, he had to take care of his shield. There's something he needed to do that was a routine, and that first application was of oil, and he had to apply that to his shields. Okay, what does that mean for us today as Christians? Well, we know that our shield is representative of our faith, and this tells us that our faith is like a shield in Paul's uh, illustration. And how many of you know that our, our faith or our shield, we need frequent anointings of the Holy Spirit in the presence of God? Isn't that right? This is why this whole pandemic has been demonic. And this thing of shutting churches down is spawn of Satan. Because, listen, every Christian I talk to that is a truly born again, hear me, born again says this, it was okay to watch once in a while, we did for a few weeks online, but pastor, it's not the same when we come together. Why? Because 
it doesn't mean you can't listen to a podcast. I listen to them all the time, hundreds actually a year or 150, whatever. Sometimes more, sometimes less. You need that. But a podcast is like a vitamin. How many have ever taken a vitamin before? This vitamin is really good for you, but if you've ever taken a handful of vitamins on an empty stomach, come on, somebody, you want to throw up, right? Because you got to have some solid food inside you. Right? If you're like, oh, I gotta eat, just give me some toast or something. I took too many vitamins. A podcast is like a vitamin, but you need some solid food once in a while. Amen? You need to be in the body of Christ around each other. All right? We need to be around each other. Amen? Let me get off that, get on onto faith. Amen? So, this metaphor of oil, it's mentioned actually over 200 times in the scripture, and it has the idea of light, healing, consecration. That's all through the Bible, all through the Bible. And so, and so we see that the Holy Spirit is often depicted as oil, oil in the Spirit. And we read about the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25, if you wanted to pull that up, Matthew 25. And it says this, something very interesting, and this is a very sobering scripture. It's in the Bible, and Jesus talks about it. Okay, and it says this, talks about these ten virgins, so all of them pure with these robes, 10 virgins. It said, then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. It said, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, which actually one commentator says, the sincere, authentic Christians answered saying, since there will not be enough for us and for, and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And so there was the background is, and you can read it, most of you know it, is that, that there was, there was some, the five of these didn't tend their lamps. They didn't, they didn't keep the oil in their lamps. What's that old song in the 70s? Give me oil in my lamp, keep it burning. Come on, someone in here is old enough to know what I'm talking Okay, never mind. <laughs> but, but, but that's it. It's in the, being in the presence of God and in, in that oil, God fills us in that. That is a, like a healing balm over our life and, and it, 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 it protects us in our shield. Because how many of you know that our faith is not in the shield, but it's in Jesus? Amen? Our faith is not in these armaments and, and that, that we're strong because we have these armaments. Our faith is because we're in relationship with Christ. You're clothed in the armor of God by virtue of your relationship and communion with Jesus. Can I get an amen? All right. So uh, moving on. And so they, they go on to the say, they say, they, they basically these foolish ones, uh, they had to run out and they had to buy. They had to, to, to buy more oil. And But this is the thing that is very alarming to me. And without getting into the whole of dissertation, and there's brilliant, more smarter theologians than me, but it says these Christians had procrastinated and failed to engage themselves to Christ, and now it was too late. So when they got back, they came saying, Lord, Lord, open it to us. So there's a group that says they were never even saved. Then there was a group that says that they were Christians and maybe they backslid. And I don't want to get into that, but all I know is this. He answered and he said unto the, to them, truly, I do not know you. That scares me. That scares me. How many with me say amen? So Jesus goes on. He says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Verse 12, he says, I, actually one commentator says, I do not approve of you as real friends, as followers. I, I don't delight in you, another translation says. He's, and, and Jesus goes on to say, do not trouble me. Do not trouble me. The door is shut. No more. Wow. That's heavy stuff. 
So some of you say, well, I, I know the Lord, but the most important question is, does Jesus know you? Amen? If not, he will say, depart from me. I do not know you. So we want to, to, to not only know the Lord, but know that the Lord knows us. And the Bible says these things are written that you may know you have eternal life. So if you're a believer in here right now and you know you have eternal life, can you just raise your hand right now? It's not everybody, but it's most everybody. <laughs> and so, so we'll pray in a moment here for those of you that don't really know. So what does this mean very quickly as I wind down? Without a fresh touch of the Spirit's power upon our life, our faith can become hard and, and stiff. It can become brittle. How many see that say amen? And, and, and so uh, there's a lot more I have in here. Let me just jump to the next slide here because I do want to finish this up. A faith that is ignored nearly always breaks and falls to pieces in a confrontation. Isn't that right? And, and so, you know, we can maybe live off the steam of our past experiences and Thank God for the past experiences. Well, I remember when, and I remember when God did this and that, and those are wonderful things, and, and you know, or I said the prayer, and, but I'm living my life now, or, you know, let me just interject this, because sometimes there's confusion with people. You know, at the end of the service, we, we typically pray, as, as in unison, I ask the congregation, and we pray for those that, who just raised their hand, uh, that, know the, that don't know the Lord. And so I understand that a majority of people are praying. They're not getting resaved. They're not getting born again in that moment. They're just praying in unison for those of you that don't know the Lord. So, so I don't know why, but I need to make that clear, clear. That when we pray at every service, we're not getting saved again, and we're good for this week. We last seven days. Oh, we got to do this prayer again. I, I know I should know, you know, people should know that, but people don't. And some people think, well, you just pray in that at the end of the service each time, and, 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 and everyone thinks that we're all getting born again. No, if you're born again, you truly know the Lord, you're saved. You know it. You have eternal life. But all I'm asking is in unison that we'll all pray for the one that doesn't know the Lord. Is, is that clear as mud this morning, okay? I just need to let that be known. With Some don't know. Look, why do we do that at the end? It isn't that we're all trying to get saved again. Amen. All right, anyhow, so, uh, but, you know, going back to this word very quickly here, I'm going to end in presumption. Presumption, uh, this, this thing, people walk in presumption, uh, especially if someone, the Word of Faith movement, I grew up with that, and uh, there was a lot of truth and, and some things I, I gained from that, and profession and confession, and, and, and even just the reading and the importance of the Word of God, but uh, some have been very presumptuous and especially with the shield of faith, that their faith, you know, if I just say something over and over and over and confess it, then I'm good to go or it's going to come to pass because just I said it. Listen, you can just say stuff with your mouth and, and, and speaking things and even, you know, without being inspired and that being a word that God's given you for your situation, uh, you can wear yourself out. How many with me say amen? You know, so, so the word of God is powerful and we need that in our life. But but what happens is, is we can become presumptuous. You know, people just think, well, I memorized the word. I memorized whole chapters, and I know this, and I know that. And, and really, the root of that is pride. Amen, Pastor Mike. It really it is. Not that you, it, it's, it's an honor that you know the word. But, but we don't want to walk in presumption. And presuming our faith is in top-notch condition. How many see what I'm trying to say? And so we, we, and what happens is we can try to move out in that presumption, and we can get into trouble. 
I'm almost done here, but we get in trouble. Here's a situation in the Old Testament in Judges chapter 16. I remember the story of Samson. And Samson, one of the judges in, Ju in Judges 16, uh, uh, verse 20, it says this. He said, and Delilah, who was out there to, de to deceive him, uh, said, Samson, the Philistines are upon us. And he awoke out of his sleep. But at that point, she cut his hair. And, and there was just some prophetic significance with all, without getting into all that. And he said, and I will go out as other times before and shake myself. And that word or the phrase in the Hebrew, shake myself, actually uh, means like uh, a rustling of a mane on a horse or like a, a lion. I mean, when a lion, when he shakes himself and roars, like the Philistines are here, dangers upon me, I need to act, and all of a sudden shake and roar, and nothing happened. <laughs> Why? Samson was presumptuous. Samson was presumptuous with his shield. How many with me say amen? So that's one of the encouragement, one of the encouragement. Uh, let's not presume, you know, that our faith is in top notch. And the second thing quickly before I conclude is, is water, is water. The second thing that the Roman soldier would do is he would, after, he hit, you know, before they go to battle, after the oil, they would dip that shield in water. What is that significant enough? Because, well, some of them were made of wood, and it would soak that. So when these fiery darts that the enemy used, watch this, Ephesians 6.16, going back to our text. Above all, in front of all, lift up the protective shield of faith, which, which you can distinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Flaming arrows of the evil one. You know, a lot of time those flaming arrows are words that the enemy and thoughts puts in our mind. Nothing out there happening. Just he puts thoughts in our mind. He puts, he shoots flaming arrows of lust. Amen. He shoots flaming arrows of temptation. He shoots flaming arrows. And they're just constantly. And, and, and a lot of times if they stick to your shield and it hasn't been, watch this, saturated in the oil. And the Bible talks about water. In Ephesians, it says, by the washing of water with the word of God. The word of God coats us. It washes us. It keeps your shield in top-notch condition. Stand with me if you would, please. Fiery darts of the enemy. What are they? You know, there's, the list is endless. It's endless. Fiery darts. Sometimes it's the enemy sows division within churches. And, um, you know, the rumor mill. This, I heard this, I heard that. Fiery darts, fiery darts. And, you know, that's why we need to be as a church as we move forward. To think as a church we're going to move forward and build a new building and, and put a statement of, of visibleness in this community. The enemy isn't launching fire dots. We're deceived. Did you hear, hear that? So that means the darts, like on the 300, are being launched. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to handle those darts when it comes? What about this? What about that? Well, I don't know. You just communicated something right there. Can I get an amen? Just say, we deal with that. No, in Jesus' name, you know what? We're moving forward. And God, and, you know, I don't have an answer to that, but we'll get something to you. And we just want to extinguish all of that and move forward in strength. Can I get an amen? And so there's a number of those darts are out there, and, and they're good people that can get caught up in that. Every head bowed here this morning, if you would, please. So by saturating their shields with water, even those dangerous flaming arrows, when they hit, they were extinguished upon impact. Why? Because that soldier prepared. 
he took care, he maintained his shield with oil, with water. With every head bowed here this morning, he said, Pastor, maybe even those online that tune in, you know, I, I have neglected my shield. I've neglected it. And this is specifically, specifically, excuse me, to those of you that you really don't even have that assurance of salvation when I talked about it a few minutes ago. I'm talking to you this morning. Say, Pastor, I don't have that assurance, but I want that. I mean, I've maybe said the prayer, raised my hands, that I do not have assurance. The Bible says God wants to give you the assurance. It's not by works. It's not by mental assent. Not by religious duty. Not by memorizing scripture. It's repenting. It's confessing. It's believing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of life. And then by faith, you step and you walk that out. Said, well, I don't have much feelings. It was just a decision. That's fine. You made a decision. It's amazing what the heart will follow when the mind decides to do something. Jesus will meet you at your point of need. That you here this morning, I want to pray for you in these few moments that we have. And I'm going to ask all of us in unison, believers and all, to pray together for those of you to make Christ Lord of your life and to begin this journey of faith. And then while I continue to pray, I want to pray for those that, that you feel that you've, you've laid that shield down. The shield has been laid down and it's gotten brittle and you haven't put that oil on it and, and, and you know that it's time to pick that up and, and you feel the Spirit of God prompting you here this morning. I want to pray for you. But with every head bowed, you're here this morning. as a Pastor, pray for me. I need the assurance of salvation. I can't give it to you, but Jesus can in this moment through the power of the Holy Spirit. If that's you, believers and all, let's pray together. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Jesus, thank you for saving me. By faith, I step out and follow Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, we want to help you on your journey. We want to help you on your faith walk and help you grow in your faith. We have information for you.